All right. So, um, okay. So we're going to talk today about Mariko. You're going to share your story, NDA, um, what you do, so priority. I'm so excited. Me too. I'm so excited. I'm Thank so you. excited. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like this is going to be great. Okay, so um, let's just kick it off with Welcome to Motherland. So welcome to Motherland, everyone. Today we have um, Mariko Federick, and she's the CEO of Soul Priority. She's also, what is the name of your book, Mariko? Uh, Soul Priority. Soul Pri- oh, that's what I thought. <laughs> it's a Soul Priority. And I love it. It's her mission is to usher in a new standard for building businesses and corporate teams that are aligned with the assignment of her client's soul. Her unique approach stems from her ability to help people around the world discover and embody the assignment of their soul through what she's termed the four soul archetypes. Mm. I know. I'm so excited. Um, Medico's has been such a big help to me in my personal life, in my business. Um, So I'm really excited to hear more about the soul archetypes, more about your story, she works with individuals. She works with companies. She's had two decades of experience um, and is a transformational number one be- international best-selling author and speaker, as well as a certified um, acupuncturist. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I love it. The founder of Astral Therapy, which her, really- I've, I've talked before about her astral therapies on previous episodes. Mm-hmm. She's the one that took me to like this incredible space where it literally felt like I was hallucinating (laughs) and out of body, but I was so present in it. And I could feel, literally feel what was occurring in these past lives Wow! um, in order to bring healing in this life. So it was really intense. And I don't think I've really ever experienced anything like that. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, all right, let's dive in. All right, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, I, you know, we'll get into the archetypes in a minute because one of them is the expander archetype and the connector archetype, and we'll get into all of those. But I just want to say, because I don't think you said enough, your work is so powerful and you've completely transformed my life. So, yes, I've helped you in your business wow. and you've been my client, but like I'm your client and my daughter's your client, and you've completely changed my life, my daughter's life, our family. So, I just want to spotlight you for a second here because you've literally done like miracle work. Wow. So, I just want to thank you because I don't even think I'd be here today, like back at work, unless it was for you. So, I just want to thank you too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. Magical. Yeah, I could cry. <laughs> she has the sweetest little girl, by the way. Her little girl um, calls me her feelings coach or oh, feelings, teacher. feelings teacher. Feelings teacher. <laughs> and she's so cute. She sends me these videos of, I need, you know, you're the best feelings teacher. She has this little oh. India accent and it's so cute. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Yesterday she was going on and on about how you need a feelings teacher. Um, We adopted her from India about a year and a half ago and she won't talk to anybody, like no therapy, no counseling. I mean, we went to like the best of the best places and she's like, I know talk to that lady. I know talk to her. I'm like, yeah, I get it. 
but Isabel, she just like blossoms and opens up. Wow. And then she like became the therapist yesterday. We were having a play session after she had a session with Isabel. And it was all about her telling her stuffy, this little elephant that we brought to India named Janu, which means beloved in Hindi, that you need to have a feelings teacher and you have to talk to your mommy and you need to call Isabel. <laughs> and she was like, I mean, she became... <laughs> of like, yeah, I, I afraid of my mama too. When I come home, I don't know how to be in family. I don't connect with my mama, but you have to mama's safe. And she was, it was, oh my gosh, Isabel, I recorded like two minutes of it. You're going to cry. I'm like, cry, like about to cry right now because it's like me. she's listening to everything that we're taught, like oh, teaching yeah. her and like, like she's oh not just goodness. listening. She's integrating it and like embodying it and then became like the feelings teacher. And we went to this we went to a place where she's had several people try to be her therapist and all of them. She's like, yeah, whatever, not happening. Um, and so, but they do, they call themselves, th these people are like therapists and have PhDs and they call them, they call themselves feelings teachers. Mm. And I'm like, what? So she started calling Isabel her feelings teacher. And it's just been like, oh, this beautiful oh, relationship. And yeah, so now she's going to bring Janu the stuffy, the elephant to her next session. Cause he needs to call and have a session with you too. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. She's the cutest. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I will say she's my favorite client. Sorry, Kaya. <laughs> <laughs> she's pretty adorable. She's just so, like, talk about a connector archetype. And I know oh. we'll get into that. But, like, anything she needs, she just, like, calls to her and brings to her immediately. And, yeah, yeah incredible. Yeah. 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 I can't remember the question you asked me earlier. <laughs> I want to know more about you. Like what, tell me about like astral therapy, soul archetypes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So astral therapy is something I've been doing my whole life. And I'm, it's funny because in my book, I call it higher therapy because I'm trying to trademark it because I don't want to be the only one doing it. Like I mm -hmm. want to teach other people how to do this. Right. So I'm in the process of the business side, which is trademarking and higher therapy didn't go through. So I'm like, okay, let's try astral therapy. And I'm waiting to see. So I'm like tentatively calling it astral therapy. Um, but what we do is I go into the higher realms because the story, most people know that I had a near death experience, but that's like not even where my story starts. It's where mm -hmm. I got motivation, but I actually stayed conscious between lifetimes. So I remember my life between lives and I remember my entire re reincarnation. And the thing is, I thought everyone did. So I didn't, you know, I never thought I was special or anything. I was just like, well, I mean, I would talk about it as a kid of the place with all the lights and don't you remember? And eventually when I was a teenager, like late teens, 18, 19, I realized nobody did because someone actually told me no one did. And like, you know, the surfer guy was like, dude, don't talk about that. And I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> and being like 18 and having a crush on him, I was like, okay. <laughs> so that's, um, so my whole life I've been traveling into the astral realm when I'm, when I need help, right. When I went through abuse, when I was a little girl, I would yeah. escape by going into the higher causal realm, which is even higher than the astral realm and just be in that bliss. And anytime I needed an answer, anytime I needed to tune into my intuition, even if I was doing somebody else's work, like somebody else's, you know, meditation, I don't know where they had me going, but I was always in the astral. And so I started working from there and getting the answers for other people. And then I thought, well, that, why don't we just bypass that? Why don't I just take you with me? And we'll travel into the higher realms. And so that's what I do now so that people can not just get answers, but like experience who they really are, experience the higher realms and then embody that. Cause I think that's, you know, when we embody something, when we have the experience, then that's, that just 
anchors it in whatever the message is on, on such a deep level that you're not going to forget it. You're not going to avoid it. It's whatever it is that you're told to do, you're going to go do it. So that's astral therapy. I, I help decondition people's limited human beliefs because I mean, we're human for like a blink, right? And then we're mm-hmm. back off into the ultimate reality. So that's what astral therapy is. And um, most of my clients come to me for business. They want to let clear whatever's in their way so that they can launch what I call their soul assignment. Like they can do what they're really here to do. And we have human stuff and traumas and, you know, cultural stuff that just gets in the way. So that's what I want to kind of clear out because when you leave this world, like I've said, you know, before, when you die, when you leave this world, all of the things that you're like, I can't do that. It's like this huge wall, this insurmountable thing that there's no way I could do that. And then when you die, we don't really die. So don't worry about that. But like when you leave this world, <laughs> um, that big wall, that's like, you know, two miles high and 50 miles wide just drops down to like a little string on the floor, like six inches high. And then, but you're already gone and you're like, no, seriously. Like I could have just stepped over that. And the universe is like, yeah, yeah. but you didn't. so, <laughs> so I try to just help people get there sooner. You know, I love that. I had, <laughs> I had no idea that you remembered like from a child, the reincarnation. I thought it happened after your NDA. No, no. I had all kinds of weird stuff happen when I was a kid. Like from when I was born, I remember just kind of going from the astral to the, well, I went from my last life to my life review and everything in between. And then the astral and then the causal realm and then back incarnated into who I am now. But I remember kind of waking up and being a baby and like realizing that I felt, you know, my breath. And I was like realizing, oh, I'm in a body again. Like I have so much love and I can feel my heart. And then I realized I have a heart wait a minute. Cause you don't have a heart. You just have love. You are love. Like it's like love's not separate. And then I I experienced that bit of separateness of my breath and my heart. And I was still in total bliss, but I was just a baby in a crib, you know, when the only language we have is cry. Um, and I remember crying when my diaper was wet and crying when I just wanted attention and just all the different cries I had. And, and then in between just floating into the astral or the causal, actually the causal realm. So I've been doing it since I was a baby. That's just- I thought everyone did. Wow. <laughs> now can I'm going to you- try to teach it so everyone can. Yeah. Can but- you tell our listeners what the causal realm is for folks who may not have heard that before? Oh, yeah. So the causal realm. So most people go into the astral realm after we leave this world. So you don't die. So if anyone's afraid of death, don't worry about it. It's like when you take your last breath, like I was like, oh my gosh, breathing is so overrated. So first of all, I think we take our personality with us. (laughs) And second, I think we, you're just like, it's like the veil's lifted and you're like, oh my gosh, so much better. Right. And I'm not saying you want to stay here as long as possible. You don't want to die early, but for people that have come to me with terminal illnesses or they're partner just died. It's like, oh, they're good to go. They're fine. So we go into the astral realm, which is this world made of light. I'm going to say most of us, and I'm going to get weird for a second, but not everybody always incarnates on this planet mm-hmm. and not everybody goes to the astral and causal realm. There's infinite realms, not infinite realms, but there's many realms and infinite planets. So we're not the only people and the only beings, right? There's much like we're a sea average planet. So those of us that are trying to get an A and like be real spiritual and like, you know, tune into our souls, like just humble yourselves by knowing that no matter how enlightened you think you are, you are striving for an A on a C average planet. 
So like, that tracks. That really tracks. I feel like that that tracks a hundred percent. Get over yourself. <laughs> Get over yourself. <laughs> Don't try so hard. Just be you. Just be the soul, and that's all you have to do. Like the soul's not here to do anything. Just be. Oh wow! And just that's your. You know that's you getting an A. But we are like an average planet. There's much lower realms. There's much higher realms. So when uh-huh. you leave. The realm that's kind of a good match for Earth is the astral realm. And then from there, I don't know if I believe, I don't know. I've read from different gurus and different spiritual people that only higher souls get to go to the causal realm. I don't know. That's where I went. And the causal realm. And then I'm like, I don't know, but we're like, I'm talking, I went there. So like, is that true? <laughs> so <laughs> how'd I get in there? No, but you, <laughs> sorry. I just, you know, this whole, like where, you know, so I've been doing this a long time, like 24 years. I started in 1998 in my career. And especially like after that, the launch of like yoga, I remember having to tell my clients to go to yoga and tell them what it was because they didn't know. Wow. So I always feel like there's this hierarchy of like, where are you spiritually and where are you? And like, oh, I'm better than you. And so it's like, oh my God, you guys, no, it's not. exactly. Well, there is no one else. We're all one. So let that go. Um, so when I say like I went to the causal realm, I don't want to say I'm better, more enlightened. I think whatever I was just there, and other and I I can get into a whole crazy thing about where we all are, and there is no time. There's only now. So we're, we've mm-hmm. all been we're all there now, and that gets a little mm-hmm. a lot. But so that causal realm is the realm of thought and idea. So the astral realm is like bliss. And some people have NDEs and they go and they see their family and they're in bliss. And, you know, it's a world made of light and everybody has, you know, sort of different experiences there. Beyond that is a world where you're just, you have thought. There is no more body. Um, I had a body. I had light. I was light. I was purple light, but there was no conversation. There was no hugs. There was no great, great reunion. It was like a very serious, deep, work happening people were working through their shit um you know it wasn't like disneyland it wasn't happy like the astral world it wasn't sad it was just thought and and clearing who you thought you were on a really deep level so i went through there i went through another life review and this part was kind of a trip because in your life review you go through like you know i mean you can life review kind of it's self-explanatory you're gonna right. go the highs and the lows, but really it's all the parts where you were really in tune with your soul and the parts where you weren't. So the parts where you were just kind of being an ass and the parts where you were like really being helpful. I mean, dumb it down that way. So mm-hmm. just be a good person. And, and when you're not, you're just learning and there's no judgment. It's all good. The causal realm, when I went through my life review, I went through, I, cause I asked for it. I don't know what I was thinking, but I asked for it. I asked for the higher teachings. And so when I did that again and again and again, they put me through a life review from the entire existence of me. And I got to see everything from being in the, really all the way down to the plant kingdom, to the animal kingdom, to the human kingdom. And so I experienced all of life on earth as a bird, as a little squirrel as a wolf, like all the animals. And then I went through every life I've had as a person and did life reviews on all of those. So it was intense. So that was my, that was part of, I mean, it's in my book, but that's part of my experience in the causal realm of it's a, it's a world of thought. And then the last thought 
is there is no thought. It's just oneness mm-hmm. with God. You're just in God consciousness. There's no more separation between you and the ultimate reality. And mm-hmm. then there is no more separateness and separate thinking. Um, and that was, and that was right then when I, when I landed there and was just one for a while, you know, there's no time. So like, who uh-huh. knows? Um, then I was like boop, back in a baby body. Uh-huh. Okay. Go again. <laughs> so does it ever, you know, do you ever feel, um, well, may, you know, I might be answering my own question, but I'm going to say it anyway. Is there ever a feeling sometimes of frustration that you are in this body again? Um, but I guess since there is no time, you know, and everything is now, maybe not. Um, but do, do the limitations of being in like your meat suit ever, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know what else to call it. I, I don't know if I answer that for you. <laughs> um, yes. I have this like. I have this t-shirt that says this body will be a corpse um, that whenever I wear it, people are like, what? But, you know, I'm, I'm curious about this experience and, and how you're integrating that and, and how it impacts um, just your day-to-day life. Yeah, it's it's not easy. I think yeah. Isabel always says it really easy. Or she says it really clearly. She's always like, you have one foot in the astral and one foot here. And I do. And she's always trying to like pull me back so I could like do the work here because I'm like off floating like a little balloon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hard part for me is, so you have this assignment on your soul. You come here. Some of us remember, some of us don't, but we know it. Like, you know, I, it doesn't matter if you have all the memories I have it, that that's just for me to tell the story so that you guys can have some details filled in, Yeah, but you know it. And then it's like, okay, what am I going to do with this? Knowing now I need a website and marketing and a podcast and PR and all, and a book and all this stuff. And like the hard part for me is like, none of that even exists. It doesn't matter. And then you have to come here and do all these things that just to get heard, just to get your voice heard of what you're here to do in a place where the doing like doesn't even matter, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the hard part because in the end, all the things that I help my clients with that they think I'm helping them with, like, yeah. you know, a lot of what I do is I help, I try to like clear what's in their way so they can launch their business, scale it and make more money. The money I use as a carrot, there's no money. Money doesn't exist. You right. leave this world. The universe isn't like, so how do we do? Mm-hmm. What do you, make? you know, like nobody cares. But in the human world, we have bills to pay. We have mortgages and water bills and food. And so I use money as a carrot to say, okay, you can chase that. That's what you care about. What I want to do is align you so deeply with your soul that every moment you're actually aligned through your soul, what I call the soul archetypes. So that even if you are getting in the ego, you're at least aware of how to get back in alignment with who you really are. And the more aligned you are, hey, look at that, the more money you just made. So it's almost like then there's motivation because for years I taught meditation and did healing. I'm, I am board certified in um, with the National Certification Commission for Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine mm-hmm. in Asian bodywork therapy, which is the no needle part. Nobody, I mean, they listen for like a second, right? I mean, I'm sure you've taught meditation. You tell people to do it and they're like, oh, I did it like for a week. <laughs> you know, if I had a nickel, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, right? like I love doing it. I do it like, you know, once a month and then they, they get, get the world is like set up to distract them. Mm-hmm. And so I figured out that I was really good at helping people make money. And I was like, Ooh, and then it just clicked with the four archetypes that we could have 
our soul assignment aligned with the money we make so that every day we're living our soul assignment, every day we're doing what we're here to do and behaving in a manner that's that's reflective of our soul. And then yes, more money comes. Wow. I love that. I literally just journaled today. I was journaling because I was going, I've been going through some stuff and I was like writing in my in my journal and I said, the only thing that is consistent is my soul's purpose. I was like, that's the only thing. Everything else shifts, but my soul's purpose has always remained the same. Mm. And it's just cool the way you're saying it. It's like, yeah, you come here and the way you're saying like your body, even though you, you know, are trying to figure it out. No, it's like part of your DNA. It's part of your DNA. It's literally in your DNA. All right. Let's do archetypes. I want to know what your (laughs) archetypes are. Do you have questions, Onika? I love when Onika's little brain goes because her eyes are like. Can you see me? I always see see her eyes in thought. Yeah. Um, I'm like feeling. I'm feeling a lot right now. As you're when you were talking, I felt. I talk to Isabel sometimes about when there are times that I feel like I'm just gonna like pass out, and I was starting to feel that as you were talking, and I don't know if just because of what you were saying was really impacting me, but I felt myself starting to to go to that place. And I was like, don't, don't pass out. Cause we're, we're recording now. Like stay right here, but no, I'm, I'm listening and I'm fascinated and I have lots of questions, but I don't know if they're really questions, but go ahead. Soul archetypes. I'm just so excited. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> you go so, the astral realm too a lot. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to go I, right now. Yeah. I know. I'm always like, wait, stay in. Stay I know. In. I'll, you can do the archetypes first and then I'll ask my questions. Cause I do, I, I like, there's always like, <laughs> come out. So I'm like, I'm just going to listen first. And, it's and fun. Chill. Know. <laughs> fun. It's fun. So the archetypes are basically new information I got when I had a near death experience. So not only did I come here remembering life between lives and my reincarnation, I, when I was 29, I got hurt. I got injured. I happened to have contracted Lyme disease, didn't have no idea about that. I was living in Tahoe. I was a rock climber and got bit. I saw this tick, you know, running on me and I, it was tiny. I didn't think a thing of it. Apparently those are the bad ones, but I'd also gotten hurt. had a near death experience. And I was about 29 and I got downloaded with new information and see, here's the part where like, again, Oh wow, that's great. No, not great. Took me 17 years. It was like, they gave me a box that I couldn't open. And I just had this living in me. It took me a decade to get my health back to be able to like launch my business. It wasn't easy. It wasn't like, oh, you have this death experience and you have all this new information. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to go teach. Like, no. Mm-hmm. I was in bed. I couldn't walk. I had trouble talking. I was having mini strokes and absent seizures. And I still have some neurological stuff that happens from time to time. And so it was like living with knowing I had this bigness that I was supposed to do and I couldn't do it for 17 years. And then literally one day in August, I'm just sitting on my couch with a cup of coffee and it all just poured through. And it was like, there it is. Took me like a few minutes to write the whole thing down and then several more years to to add it to my book and then shape it in a way that really made sense. Because even two months one month before I published my book, it was March, I was still getting more downloads about the archetypes. And then I published my book April 19th. So it was like, okay, keep going. Oh, complete. There you go. So the four archetypes, we have all of them. So if you like one of them more than the other, don't worry, you have all of them. Um, Isabel, you had a really good question. I'll expand on this more later, but you said, how can I become more of one of the other archetypes? And I realized later you can't, they're already in you. They're complete. They're perfect. They're not a gift. You can't get more of it. What you do is they're not, they're not, um, 
then they work together with other archetypes. So you want to use the other archetypes and you want to be with people with other archetypes. When I realized it's really a community effort, it's not just like this alone, you know, self-help thing where you do it all by yourself. You actually do community and the integration of other people's archetypes to get where you're going. Um, so it was a great question. So the archetypes are the connector archetype. That's your moneymaker. And the connector archetype is the part of you that, and A, you have, not everybody has this to like a huge extent and that's okay. Um, but that's the part of you that when someone needs something, you're like, oh my God, I already know that person. And, or you just get whatever you need right in the moment. You're really great at connecting people to whatever they need or even connecting like events or missions to what they need. Um, I, it's a bigger topic than what I can say really quickly, but the connector archetype basically is your moneymaker. You're really good at monetizing other people's gifts and you may not be super good at monetizing your own gift. Mm. So the, the wound of the archetype is I make, you know, you might be one of those people that like, oh my gosh, I've made my clients millions and I'm struggling to pay my bills. And that's mm. the wound of the connector archetype. Um, then you have the creator archetype. This is probably my favorite um, it's the one that I'm, it's funny because in some ways I am a creator archetype, right? I brought in the four archetypes. I've, you know, done my business and have a book and all that stuff. And on the other, on the other hand, archetypes, that archetype fascinates me because these are the musicians. These are the, the poets, the people that are like nonstop, you know, and people that are inventing new tech, even people that have new ideas, new thoughts. They literally have a stream of nonstop creativity coming through them. It would overwhelm anybody else. So like, yes, I have had some create, my creator archetype is activated and I created something, but I'm not like these people. These people are like next level. It never stops. And they barely show their work because most of humanity might not even be ready for it. And, and the problem is they're the least supported. So it is like that starving musician or the poet or the author that has so much to say, but they're just like by themselves. So they actually need the other archetypes to come in and help them. And then they get their word out, but they are like, I would say some of the most important archetypes in our humanity, because they're the ones that are going to create what we need to get to the next stage, the next level of, of where we're going in humanity in a good way. Now, if you get lower conscious people, we can go the other way. So hopefully we have high conscious people, all the other archetypes really lifting up the creator archetypes so that they can usher in that new age of where we're trying to go and where we are going. Um, and that's the creator archetype. And again, the wound is really like, you know, you never get your work out there. It's never finished, you know, stuff like that. Those, those, that's what they're struggling with. And then there's the expander archetype, but some of us are very sneaky, Isabel, where you look like you're really this great expander archetype, right? You, you can get on stage and, you know, so the expander archetypes are the ones that are really here to expand and lead. Like they pave the, they, they don't just pave the road. They like open it up bigger so that the rest of us can follow. Right. So they are the leaders They They should be the leaders in the industries of like corporate. And I would say one of the reasons that corporate can be toxic is because the wrong archetypes are getting promoted. And maybe you have somebody that always has new ideas, so they always get the promotions, but really they're not an expander. Expanders are totally selfless. They just want to expand everybody into the greatest version of themselves. They want to see you win. They want to like get you on stage. They want to get you seen if they're like, they'd be great with like, you know, agents who mm -hmm. have talented people, like, and they get you out there. Um, now the wound is really that they can hide themselves. Mm -hmm. So they don't always 
like want to be on stage, but they'll get everybody else on stage. The reason I mentioned Isabel is she's phenomenal at her work, but she never brags about it. Mm-hmm. So I had to start off just saying how magical and life-changing her work is because and you know, it's it's weird to brag about yourself, but she does. She'll like completely transform your life in like one session. And you know, it's so it's so limiting to say you know, in my, like to call her a healer. I don't know what to call her. Like, you know, feelings teacher is a great one for my kid, (laughs) but she is, she's magical. I mean, we had an international adoption and those of anybody who's heard of any of this, we went through an international adoption of an older child who was almost nine years old, who lived institutionalized in an orphanage since she was six months old. Now there are books written about how hard that is. Mm-hmm. And Isabel came in in one session and transformed my little girl's lives and wow. into her family life. So people go to therapy for a lifetime to be able to do a fraction of what she can do. So mm-hmm. that's kind of that, you know, we need to get around her with our expander archetypes and start talking Isabel up because Got it. you know, her audience knows how powerful she is. And and also my daughter is her favorite client. So get in line. <laughs> <laughs> we get to go first. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so that's the expander kind of in a nutshell. They really get people on stage. They lead. They should be in charge. They should be leading because they're not in it for themselves. Your win is what they want. They don't need to be on the spotlight. They, they should be in a leadership role. Mm-hmm. They can, they should get on the spotlight sometimes, but in general, it's like, oh my gosh, if we just had these selfless people wanting to take somebody's nonprofit idea and expand it onto the world stage, like that's what we want. And those are the expanders. Um, and then you have the reflectors, which is all of us. And I'm saying we have all of these, but the reflectors are the ones who see everybody's soul. Mm. You can't get anything by a reflector. They see everything that you hope to see and everything you don't want to see. And the reflectors are, it's intense to be a reflector because you're just out there and you see everybody's purity and then you trust them. And then they turn out to be like kind of a jerk (laughs) or narcissist. The problem is you only see the best of them. And so we kind of get beat up. Our hearts get kind of beat up a lot because we get in the room with people and we see the best of them and we don't see the human that they are. And that's the hard part about being, you know, having such an activated reflector archetype. Um, But yeah, we definitely see where humanity is going. We see the big, so all of the archetypes work on like a big scale, a a macro scale, and also a micro scale. Mm -hmm. And the macro scale, it's like, we see where humanity is going. We see the potential and we're there for it. We want it to go. Um, And we see what people don't want to see. We see the bullshit that they need to clear. Mm -hmm. That's where it's like, you need the other archetypes to come in and do their thing. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't. Um, so that's basically the the four soul archetypes in a nutshell. I want to say two things. One, your light when you talked about the archetype shifted in your room completely. Totally. And then when you stopped, like even now, like it came back and then it, it, it was like, and then when you stopped talking about it, it went back to like a normal light. It was really interesting. Anyways, I just noticed that. And then also, I want to ask Onika, because I kind of feel I'm listening to you, and I'm like looking, and I'm like, okay, I think I know which one Onika is. Onika, what do you feel? What do you feel connected to? I felt connected to a little bit of all of them, to be yeah. honest with you, when, um, when I was hearing about them, less with the connector one, but definitely um, the, 
the creator really hit me and maybe that's just because I'm doing so much writing right now. Um, and I also felt the expander too. Um, I connected, I, I really resonated with that. What were you thinking, Isabel? I felt for some reason I was really feeling picking up reflector for you. Really? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I was really feeling that reflector for you. I don't know. That's just what I was feeling. You know, but. that's it. Well, that, I think that too, because I, I do think, especially like when I was at Rikers um, and, and working with folks, I could, I do feel like I yeah. could see people all the time. Um, and especially, actually, now that you say that, remember I was telling you there would be times that people would talk to me and that their energy, if it was really heavy, it would like practically knock me out. And I would have to really like even pinch, like physically pinch myself to like stay awake or bite the inside mm -hmm. of my mouth because I would feel myself just want to completely just pass out for like, for no reason, even though I was really awake one minute and then a, some people would walk in and I would get very overwhelmed. I don't know if that's a. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> really? Quick. All so right I, now we happen to be in our, our reflector archetypes because we're all having this very wonderful conversation. Mm -hmm. All of them all the time, more in one moment. And then you might go out and do something else where you're like, oh, I need to use my expander archetype right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that you said we have all of them. And then like the way you're explaining it really made sense to me because when I teach people about intu intuition or your abilities, you know, it's like, you have all the abilities. Like everybody has, you know, everyone has all the abilities. And I always say the same thing. It's like, you need all of them. It's not like, oh, I'm just clairvoyant or I'm mm -hmm. just clairsentient. It's like, no, you have all of them. And I always tell people like learning, you know, when we, and it's probably the same with you when you talk about archetypes and wondering, but I, when I teach it, I say, first, understanding the main one you have is key. Because if you can understand the main one you have, Learning how to trust that and tune into that and navigate that is what's going to expand all of your other abilities as well. And then once you understand that, then you come into the balance of integrating all of them at one together. And so I'm just hearing you and I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me because it's all about the balance and then integrating them all at once versus, right, we often are like, I want to be clairvoyant. I only want to be this one. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, that's not the way it works, which is this question I had asked you because I was like, wait, how do I get over there? You know? Mm -hmm. And you're like, wait, no, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. How do we know if we're primarily one and, and how, do, how do we figure out which one that we are? I have a quiz you can take and you'll see which one's the most activated. It's on my website. But honestly, it's you... It's, it's like moment by moment, right? Mm -hmm. That's why it's like, you can't say, yep. When I, like I'm, yeah, obviously, you know, those of us that are doing psychic, any kind of psychic healing work, we're very highly activated reflectors, mm -hmm. obviously. And then people that are in PR, right? They're really great at expanders, mm -hmm. the, expander, the connector archetype. So yeah. you're all of them all the time. And it's just a matter of like literally staying in tune with them and be like, oh, like you can, you can, I think a lot of times, especially people in corporate, they can look at what they're doing. And they're like, ugh, ugh, I'm just like soul sucking job. Right. Yep. Or they can look at it and go, oh my God, but I'm actually using my connector archetype right now. Yep. And this isn't bad. And I can be in my soul. So you're all of them all the time. My lighting is getting a little funny here. I'm sorry. I have my oh, no, window okay. above me. We can see you. <laughs> We're losing you there. I know I have a window way up high and it used to be that at noon you couldn't see me, but apparently this time of year it's um, eight 30. So. 
I'm sorry, by the way, I kept calling it an NDA, not an NDE. NDA. <laughs> I was like, when we first started, I was like, NDA. And then when you said NDA, I was like, oops, my bad. So again, apologize for those things that I was saying. Yeah. And then you also, I know you can find, you have your quiz and then you have your book. I have my quiz. I have my book. When you read the book, it'll lead you to, I mean, really you could go and, you know, if you want to, there's a soul archetype activation on my website, a free astral therapy. You just click on that, register for it, and you can get into you know, experience a bit of the astral therapy and get your archetypes activated. Um, and then, yeah, some people have all four of them. The quiz will tell you which one's most activated. People want to know which one's most wounded. They want to know, but it's like, I don't know if I could do that in one quiz that right. accurately, you know? Um, so I really just, and I want to, I want to focus on the positive, which is like, which one are you using the most of? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. In the corporate world, there was this thing called discover your strengths that, you know, um, you do all these like, you know, all these ridiculous leaderships trainings, but I discover your strengths was one of my favorite because it was this whole idea that if we harness the things that we're really good at and, and we nourish those, we will inevitably end up nourishing the parts of ourselves that might need a little bit of support. If we're moving from that place of, of love and soulfulness, um, when we're working and this, this feels like a soul version of that. And it's really resonating with me. Yeah. yeah. I always say it's kind of like the soul version of like, if your soul can take one of those personality tests, that like a Myers-Briggs, Myers-Briggs. <laughs> yeah. it's like a Myers-Briggs for your soul. Yep. Yeah, it's simple because the soul is yeah. not complicated. Yeah. We're not an ego. I'm not trying to get in your head. I'm trying to get you yeah. out of your head. And the soul is simple. Love is simple. Like your soul assignment is simple. So yeah, it's kind of like that. I want people working their soul. I want them making money doing what they're here to do. Uh-huh. It's pretty simple. And I think that humanity would change. Literally, if everybody here was actually working from their soul, things would be different. So different. Things would be different. We would see each other differently. We would treat each other differently. We would be fulfilled in a way that you can't get any other way. Like, you know, I've worked, I'm sure we've all worked with people that have a lot of money and they're not fulfilled. Um, some are, some are absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. some aren't. And it's like being poor doesn't fulfill you. Being rich doesn't fulfill you. It's, there's something else. So I want people to actually, you know, I don't believe that anything's, nothing's wasted. The universe uses all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your soul assignment is to like be on stage and be seen by a lot of people or just be doing something really important within your own home. It's like, mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. yeah. What does a session look like with you? How, how do you work with folks? I do astral therapy. So we, right now I don't do one-off sessions because okay. nobody ever just needs one. Right. So what, the smallest thing I do is one month and most mm-hmm. people, and they come to me because they want to expand their business. So I have one astral therapy session and then we do a little Voxer the next week. Voxer support is like texting, voice texting. And then the next week we do like a business strategy. So if they need a download of like, where is my business going? I need a map. I need the puzzle pieces on a higher level. We do that. And then we do a little more Voxer support. And that's my one month business clarity intensive. Mm -hmm. And then I have a six month program where we do, you know, astral therapies every month. And we're really Mm -hmm. like clearing. And then I have classes online where people can go and heal all their soul archetype wounds. And I have business classes and it's, it's such a funny topic because it's, somehow, and I don't think it should be, but somehow the, that marriage, that merging of business and spirituality definitely is like, it raises eyebrows and gets me trolled. And it's such a funny, and then after the near death, it's like, it it triggers people, but I love all of it. I think it's amazing. I, before I got into um, this whole path that I'm on now, and I was 
just, I was solely focused. Like I really wanted to run a retail company one day. Like that was sort of what my goal was. And, you know, my, my father was really successful and I kind of wanted to follow in his footsteps and I was really single-minded. And then when I walked away from my whole life and started to do this work, um, I used to wonder, wow, I wonder what I would have been like as a leader sort of being embodied the way that I am now. I, I wonder how, how different things would have turned out and would I still be doing that work if I, if I, if I was, you know, really connected um, with my soul's purpose. Um, so it, it, for me, it makes so much sense. Like, it, it, I don't think you can separate the two. And I think capitalism has made us do that. But I think it just creates more harm. And this, this is just really powerful. It's super powerful. I think that when you said, like, you said it when you're talking about, I think, the creator archetype. But I think in general, the thing is, is that we're all stepping into this day and age where, like, you can't separate them anymore. Mm -hmm. It's a merging of the two that has to happen. And it's pretty, it's neat watching, you know, um, like, I know what I do and, and understanding what you do even better. It's like, there's all these souls that are stepping up to say, hey, it's time to connect and really find the balance of it all in all of it and, and not see the separateness of it. We've lived that long. That didn't work. That's not working. So now coming into the what it is. Mariko, it's just it's just so powerful. I'm just like, I could I could listen to you just talk for hours because it's it just makes total sense with the way that we should be moving in the world. Right. I want to say too that Mariko is um, Mariko. a channeler, so she she channels. So like I think that's one thing you don't ever really say, and I know that's not, not something. You oh my gosh, I thought of you the other day. I am so resistant to channeling. So I was working. You're with not though. You do it in session the I'm whole time. With you. Oh my, was it you? Yeah. Was it you or somebody else? I can't remember. But it was somebody that I was like getting an answer, and they would only give me like a little piece of the answer. And then it was like, until I channeled the whole answer. And then it was like, okay, but I am like, well, just tell me, like, I mean, can't you just tell me I can hear you fine? Like, why do I have to channel you? <laughs> so it's, it's kind of funny. I'm a little resistant to it because I'm so used to just having the answers right there. Mm -hmm. But that's what channeling is, is having the answers right there. No, I hear it. Well, exactly. But a lot of times I hear it first Oh. and I'm, and then I could be like, oh, here's the answer. And, but it is that continual flow. Yeah. That, you know, I, it, it happens, it, ha it happens as well. And sometimes I get stubborn. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it was when you were working with my guides. Cause you're like, your guides are weird. Like you're like, your guides are really funny. Like I was, <laughs> they're so funny. They're so fast. Yeah. They're really fast. I mean, it's like speed talking with like very excited people and they all want to talk at once and they're, they're funny. They're fun. They're exciting. Like that's my personality. Too. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yeah. But yeah, her sessions, I worked with her for even business. I mean, that's really how I met you. I met her through a friend and it was like, it was a business coaching or business group that you had that I joined in and you would do your astral therapies like once a week or something like that. Twice a week, we do an astral therapy and then she would help us with like branding or like navigating the different areas that we need by spot coaching. Um, but then it wasn't until not till recently. And then I even did work with you through Voxer where you were pushing me right to like, okay, do this, do this, do this, do this, which is very business oriented. But I really don't think it was until recently where we did a deep dive into the astral that I was like, that was a one-on-one. -on -one. That yeah, was, a and I was like, oh my goodness, like this is next 
level. I had no idea that it would even be as intense as it was. And it was, it was really great. I know I still have work to do in my own life to like come up and (laughs) do what I need to do to step more into my expander archetype. But um, yeah, I can't praise you enough. I think you're great. Oh, thank you. I think you're great. It was fun. Yeah. Like I said, not everybody incarnates on this planet. So some of us are acting a little too human sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shares us. She's like, you're not from here. Stop. <laughs> She's so not from here. Oh my God. That was the most wild session. I'm like, wow, you're literally not from here. <laughs> Cute disguise, but you're not from here. <laughs> so what would you like for the listeners, maybe like any tips or things that you would say in helping them to kind of integrate or I know taking your quiz and figuring out where you're at, but like just integrating or step fully in or helping them with these wounds. Like, is there any tips or things that you would tell people? You know, it's really about read. Uh, it's really about like reading the other person in the room and just honoring them for where they're at. And it's kind of fun once you see, I mean, you can go to my website and look up one of the classes, Soul Archetype Leadership Academy, Soul Assignment Leadership Academy, and I describe each archetype right there. So you can literally read the description there for free. So you don't even have to buy my book. You just read that. And then you'll start to see the people in your circle and understand who they are and what they're trying to do. And I think it's very disarming because you'll see somebody who's always trying to connect you and you'll realize they're not nagging me. They're a connector archetype. And that's what they're trying to do, right? And so we can just see people in a different light, I think. And I think that's really helpful. Um, And it's really about honoring, you know, we did a brief overview here. And again, you can read the descriptions on my website and just honor who you are and where you're at and slow down with it. Like you're all of them. There's not more of one. There's more that you're using in the moment, but you're not more of one. And one isn't better. Mm. And then you can start to look at your friend circle, like I said, and just see who they are. And live your soul assignment, like step into it powerfully, unapologetically, just do what you're here to do. It's like, you know, get over yourself. The, the obstacles that you think are impossible, they're, they're like really not even there. Yeah. I'm kind of interested, like in the sense when we go into your NDE, said it right. And <laughs> we go through the NDE and like you had all these lifetimes that were flashing in front of you, which I thought was really interesting, by the way, because I've seen life reviews, especially you know, as a medium and doing the work and and understanding how the life review works. I've never heard it in the way that you said it, which I really thought was interesting in that all the lifetimes come up again. Like I always thought we just go over that lifetime where I'm like, actually, that makes sense that we go through all of them. Well, that was when I was in the causal, I had a whole nother Uh, life review. Oh, okay. So yeah, that makes sense. I had two. That makes sense. I mean, really, I've had three because I had the one when I died when I was 29 and then the one immediately after when I died in my last life. Mm-hmm. And then another one, when I was in the causal realm, they showed me cause I wanted the higher teachings mm-hmm. and I, you know, begged them for it, nagged them for it, was screaming for it. And then they gave it to me, but it, it came with a, a clearing of like cosmic sorts. That was not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did get to see how it all, and I remember it all. It's so fun when I see a bird fly, I'm like, oh, I remember that. It's so fun. That's so neat. <laughs> And then we're all lifetimes all at once too. So mm-hmm. when we get into like past life and I like to tune into future life a lot because future me has already done it and future you has already done the thing. So you tune into that, 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 that right there. And then it's like, oh, it's not so hard. So I'm disappearing again. My lighting is so funny. Yep. It's just where I'm at. There. 
That's pretty funny. So all, all lifetimes are happening right now. So there is no past. Like that gets, you know, I can get into all kinds of interesting stuff there. And I can go like a whole detour into that route. (laughs) Cause you're not really remembering your past life. You're living it right now. Right. Right. (laughs) Choices of your past are affecting right now, but so is your future life. I mean, it's all, there is no linear time. Time Mm -hmm. is just now. So I think we act too human by, by agreeing because we're limited by our, our human words, our language that says, oh yeah, past life. And we all know what that means, but there's only life. There's only now there's only love. There's only one. And we're all experiencing the separateness of the one to be able to remember who we are. Mm-hmm. And it's that simple. Yeah. It's so simple. And yet here we are, like you said, in these meat suits and it's like, <laughs> really? It's seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then trying to raise the vibration of this planet so that the people that are from the lower realms, because they are here, not everybody's from the higher realms, you know, and they want to make home here and they're comfortable in the lower vibration. They're really comfortable with really bad stuff. It's not bad. It's just where they're at. Mm -hmm. And then those of us that are trying to raise the vibration and consciousness of the world are from the higher realms. And we're like, no, everybody lift up. And the world is going into the higher ages. So we can be assured of that. But there's definitely like a death rattle happening. With the oh. we see it in the governments around the world, there is a death rattle. It, Corporate, you know, people are being exposed and they don't want to go and they're desperate. Yeah, I I felt that death rattle um, when Obama was elected. Actually, I could feel I, I I like I I was really like, oh, this is all coming. This is all like you could you could feel the shaking. Like everybody was like, yes, yes, and I was like, oh, oh, it's hitting the fan. On. Hold on, folks. <laughs> and then and then to have, you know, their worst nightmare, which is the squeaky clean presidency. Uh-huh. That must yeah. have really just yeah. bugged them. Yeah. And then followed by a not squeaky clean. Right. <laughs> and and it's interesting, right? Because those I, I feel like <clears throat> Obama, like I'm saying President Obama, but it's really just a of, of like a feeling or what that kind of represented. And, you know, that was the language because even at the time there was such a part of me that, and, and I've talked about this in other episodes, like coming out spiritually was like a big deal for me because I was not raised in a religious or spiritual household, even though I was like this as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so it's always been this like battle inside me to want to say things and, 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 and be a certain way and having that human experience of the family that I was raised in and being told to reject all of that because none of that was real. And it felt like a rejection of my own identity um, because I was just so sure, I was so sure that I was right about all the things that I was feeling as a kid. So when all of these things start to happen, like I say things and, and I want to say them in a different way and I'm starting to now, but I would always kind of put them in this political context because that was a language that I thought that people could understand and a language that I could understand for myself. And I'm literally just making that connection right now. Wow. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm literally, (laughs) wow, so powerful the way that I thought that I was really thinking about politics and social justice and I am, but I'm not. And that was just the way for me to deal with it. I love it. Yes. I'm thinking about money, but I'm not. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But people need language. They need context. 
they need what they understand at the level that they're at in this human world, which is acting human and, and talking about things like politics and money. I mean, you and I and Isabel have very little to do with politics and money, and yet you can't change the world without tapping into the world. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is there anything that you would like to say before the end? Because I feel like I'm like, we can go a whole nother hour. But I know. I was, like, I was like, I'm going to go get lunch and we're just going to keep going. But I mean, <laughs> seriously, like this is, this is like, oh, you are such a gift. I'm so grateful. You're a gift. You guys are like, this is so much fun. I, I can't tell you. I've, um, it's, it's rare that you get to come on and chat with people who are so connected to their soul. And connected to the truth of this infinitely expanding universe. It's such a gift to be able to come on and speak to other people that have such high consciousness and are also doing the human work. It, it feels like sometimes it's an, an either or world. Mm. And it's just beautiful the way you guys have integrated, you know, living this very human life in a world that is the humanness is just a blink. And then poor Isabel is not even human. Like yeah. I don't know she got here. She's, she's just a gift. She's a gift. Mm. She's not from this realm. She's not from this planet. She's not mm. from, she's the only one of her kind here. Like there's not a, there's not another Isabel out there. And you know, the fact that you have this platform, you know, with being who you are and being willing to share that is such a gift for me. It's such a rare I've been doing podcasts a while and it's pretty rare. So, I mean, I haven't, this is the first time I've had such a, say, meaningful conversation yeah. on such a deep level and and no disrespect to other podcasts. They're beautiful. And, mm -hmm. but you guys have something very special here. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having Thank me. You. Thank you. We appreciate that. We appreciate yeah. that. We'll definitely have you on again because I think the listeners are going to have questions. Yeah, I like there's so much more up. I feel like I want to have a conversation about this. I want to have conversations. We just need to get lunch. <laughs> we'll just go to lunch. New York. We'll record it. <laughs> okay, we'll just have lunch here. We'll record it and we'll just let everybody listen in. <laughs> I know your daughter so, wants to take me to have Indian food, which we need to do. But like soon, she doesn't stop too. Because in her world, like you don't work. You're just you know you're you're her feelings teacher. And when we go, I mean, she'll ask too. Like out of the blue, we're getting into her. She still has like a little booster seat, even though she's ten, because she was so malnourished. She was only like. 39 pounds when we brought her home. Wow. Um, and so she's still really small. She's good climbing into her little booster seat and she's like, Mama, when, when we see when we see my friend, I'm like, your friend, which friend? We're going to school. I'm like, which friend? And she's like, your friend. I'm like, what? Which which friend? She's like, we see friend. And she's getting frustrated. And I'm like, um, okay, like, okay. And she's like, my feelings, teacher. <laughs> it's like, oh, it was, it was like you can have a whole episode just listening to Hema and Isabel talk. It's the cutest oh, I thing. I love it. Where's her? <laughs> I love yeah. it. Just Hema alone, her voice, because she just, she came here. I don't want to tell her story because that's her story. But she came here with not knowing any English. Mm -hmm. She didn't speak any English. So her little accent and the way she says her words and her little breakup in her sentences is just the cutest. And what's cute, don't want to get off topic because I know we're ending, is that her guides speak like her. Wow. <laughs> So they'll say just very flat things that she would say, and in her way, I can hear him, and I'm like, oh, like it's just cute. I can, it, I can uh, see the personality of it, anyways. And she doesn't have like a typical Indian accent mm -hmm. because Indian people speak British English, 
and they all have like the same accent. And that's their English accent. It's not that they can't speak English properly. It's that's their proper way of speaking with mm-hmm. accent. It's beautiful. We don't have a Hindi accent. She couldn't understand us when we first started speaking to her. She understood some words because we got her a tutor in India. But when she met us, she was like, I can't understand these people. Like their English is really weird. Wow. And so she doesn't have a typical Hindi English accent, but she does have her own because we don't have accents. So she just has her own cute way of talking and communicating. And, you know, she's learning not just English, but also she's learning the proper way to speak because she was never educated. She never went to school a day in her life. So sentence structures, and there's a lot of stuff she's learning. And it's just, it's fascinating to watch her brain and her soul just like come online and be so comfortable. And yeah, Isabel's definitely one of her safe people in the world. And her world is tiny, you know, like Mm -hmm. I said, she was institutionalized her whole life. And now she's got, you know, her family and just her feelings teacher. <laughs> just oh, just so sweet. Thing ever. Yeah, thank you. Thank I know. You. I'm a mom. I'm, I can go on forever. <laughs> but so this is tell Motherland us- podcast, so. <laughs> Mother has- so tell the listeners before we leave, just remind them one more time how they can find you, all of that good stuff. Okay. So I'm Mariko Frederick and my website is soul, S-O-U-L, priority. You can also follow me on Instagram or Facebook on at Mariko Frederick. And um, there's the quiz on my website, the free quiz. There is the free soul archetype activation. Um, and I definitely, there's a couple, there's a, there's a few more free things that you can dive into if you'd like to. And yeah. Yeah. I'll put, I'll put all the links book. up there. We'll put all the yeah, links. Yeah, my book is there. My book, I actually lowered it to the lowest price Amazon would let me, which was two ninety nine. Because I get these wow. people that reach out with these heartfelt stories and I'm just crying. And I'm like, you know, how can I like get my book? And then I'm like on there like lowering the prices. So my book's only two ninety nine on the Kindle. You would yell at me if I did that. Not the book. <laughs> no. Yes. No, her book. For your healing, maybe. <laughs> That's a whole other story. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So great to meet you. Yes. Thank Talk you for to having you guys me. Later. Bye.